LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. An LDG desktop tuner works automatically with nearly any station and up to 1,000 watts. LDG power tuners are ideal for portable and mobile use as they consume almost no current and can be powered by internal batteries that last up to a year. LDG tuners are backed by our two-year, fully transferable warranty and our legendary customer service, the best in the industry. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Well, hello and welcome to 100 Watts and a Wire. It's Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. Welcome to 100 Watts and a Wire. And this is episode number 362. This time around, we're going to do another 30-day review of a product called, and I hope I say it all right. If not, I know the fellows will correct me. I believe it's the Daiwa. The Daiwa, did I say it right? I'm close. Good. They're saying, yeah, yeah, got it, got it. It's called the uh, CN-901HP3. This is a cross-needle PEP wattmeter, SWR meter, 3,000 watts UHF as the female connector and... Uh, just pulling up Ham Radio Outlet, this is where it was purchased from, so I pulled that up. We paid uh, $229.95. So we want to find out tonight or tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this, is it worth the money? Is this meter worth the money? And our team, our cohort doing it is John, November 9, Alpha, Mike, Tango, and David, Kilo 5, India X-Ray. The guys are here. We're going to be talking about this product. And let's jump right into it. We'll start with John. And we'll talk about the packaging. We've talked about this in the in the past. When something comes in the mail and it's not just right or not double boxed, we tend to uh, uh, hold that against some of the uh, makers some of the time. And other times we think, well, it's just an antenna. I'm going to put it out in the snow anyway. Who cares? It's going up. Wah, wah, wah. What do these guys think? Let's start with you, John. Let me know what you think about the packaging of the Daiwa CN901HP3. Okay, Christian. Well, first off, it's N9AMI. Oh, man. Man, I, <laughs> I won't make that mistake again. I got you. <laughs> anyway, that's okay. Uh, packaging. Uh, standard cardboard box. Um, it was packaged well, though inserts held it in place what i think was maybe an anti-static type bag i don't know because similar you know if you have some static going on with these meters it's going to you pull that out of the box you're going to have all kinds of weird readings and stuff so i i'm going to say it's anti-static um it was protected well with the power cable and manual so it was uh, decent packaging Okay, cool. November 9, Alpha Mike, India. See, I won't make that mistake again. Let's throw it over to David, see what he thinks. Kilo 5, India, X-Ray. Hello to you, and uh, what did you make of the packaging when it arrived? Well, first of all, hi, uh, Christian. Hi, John. Good to, good to meet you both. Uh, the packaging, I thought, was, was perfectly adequate. Uh, it came double-boxed. Uh, the exterior boxes, your typical... Uh, oversized uh, corrugated cardboard protected by a bunch of those uh, ubiquitous peanuts 
and that was fine. Yeah. And it came from uh, HRO Plano, Texas, uh, within two or three days of when I uh, agreed to do this review. So the shipping was very fast. The interior box, like John was saying, is is just a box, but it was well engineered. Everything fit real well. Uh, you know, the inserts protected it, and the, the power cable came with, and uh, yeah, no problems at all. So, so kudos to Daiwa and to HRO for for making the the package uh, efficient, sturdy, and uh, it protected the equipment real well. Good deal. Our 30-day review continues with another criteria. This is the manual. And again, you hear jokes and things on the air about hams. Uh, they find the manual and just toss it aside. Uh, I'm not the most technical ham there is. So having a good manual, whether it's online or physical or both, is important to me. Let's think what, uh, and see what John has to say. What did you make of the manual? Uh-oh, we lost John. Let's pick it up with uh, David. He'll be back in a bit. David, what did you think okay. of the manual? Well, the manual was really not a manual as much as an instruction sheet, uh, mm. just eight and a half by uh, eight and a half by 11 uh, glossy stock uh, with, you know, two-sided uh, instructions. Uh, frankly, I've used plenty of cross-needle uh, SWR meters in the past, so it was pretty intuitive, just you know, out of the box, how to rig it up. But the the instructions, I think, were a little illuminating. They had some a little bit of SWR theory, some some of the math equations, which of course, when I took my exams, I just glossed over. But it was kind of refreshing to see a little bit about it. that. Explains a little bit about what modulation and and power and and all that sort of theory is involved and that was that was actually kind of nice to read the manual was pretty explanatory it had a lot of the the uh, specifications of the equipment on there just one small typographical error i think it's probably it's a non-english speaker probably proofread it but they spelt controls with uh, r-o-l-e-s but uh, no big deal it was not not a deal breaker but you know, it's pretty straightforward instruction sheet, uh, not much to it. Uh, there was not a schematic involved. Now, if you really wanted to tear into the, into the, uh, to the meter to do some uh, adjustments and that sort of thing, I think you can find the schematics online if you're really that, that into it. But other than that, uh, a good explanation of how it works and uh, how to rig it up, and I had no issues at all. What do you think, John, uh, in terms oh, of the manual? On. Oh, I think you're all right. You may have frozen back up. Oh, we lost his audio. That's okay. We can go with a one-man gang here. As long as it's not me, I'm all right. Uh, we'll probably have to pick back up with uh, John. We're having some issues. It is one of those uh, evenings uh, where you may have some weather situations. He's trying. He's trying to get back. Let's see if we can get him back before we move on. Yeah, I will say that the manual does cover four different models of their basic meter. They've got the all the 901 series, but they've got the HP type, which I think is the 2,000-watt model. The HP3 type is what we're looking at today, the 3,000-watt. And then there's a couple of, of others that uh, don't have the PEP, the peak envelope power 
features on them. So it's all blended into into one manual, but it's easy to figure out which one is uh, is yours. All right, John, are you ready to talk to us about this manual and uh, give us a, you know, you have to see this guy's shack. I can only describe it to our podcast listeners. He's got the great boat anchors all the way around the room. And uh, so I was about to just pull a 180 and spend the time with uh, John and David talking about all his beautiful radios that he's got there. The radio that won the war that needs to come to my house. Oh, but let me stay on task. Talk about this manual for a little bit, John. What'd you think? Okay. And sorry, I had to switch uh, to the cell phone here. So hopefully everything okay. sounds okay. You're good. Um, manual. Manual was, was excellent. It neatly explains what the meter expects to operate properly to in general terms. Um, 50 ohm coax feed load. Uh, you need explains to you, you need 13.8 volts via the supplied power cable and, you know, how you should hook that up. Um, it also gets into what PEP and average power are, and it pretty much explains to somebody who doesn't know about that. We should, we all should, who are licensed, but some don't, you know, need a refresher course. Um, and it actually gave a few caveats about handling the meter, meter, especially in low humidity environments, like where I'm at in Nevada right now. You know, you can get a lot of static buildup, and if you go touch the meter with your finger, um, the meter's stuck at 300 watts for the rest of the day. <laughs> so, which you can fix that with a little static cream or static spray to the meter face. And it, it states all this in the manual. So it was very well put, uh, um, edited, and uh, it, no problem at all. Very, very easy to understand. Now, let me, let's move into the ease of use, and I'll, I'll keep it here with you, John. Now, you're an experienced ham. You like to tinker and, and work with the boat anchors and things. So I consider you an advanced uh, Elmer type here. For our newer hams, the people who are coming in, maybe just getting their general class and working with these meters and that sort of thing, did you find that it's that it was easy enough to use if you were just sort of getting started with meters? I, I would say in general, yes. Um, as long as somebody takes the time to look through the manual and understands that the meter will not work in a PEP mode unless you have power hooked up to it. Some people miss that sometimes, and they're wondering why it's, it's not working properly. But yes, uh, generally, that, that's uh, perfect that way. So for you, this was a piece of cake then? Uh, yes, Okay, that's fair enough, easy enough. Uh, David, what do you think when it comes to being easy enough to use? How did this fit your? Um, how did this fit the form? Well, just like John was saying, it's 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 a, a pretty basic component. the The manual does explain, you know, and all you got to do is really follow the labels on the back of the of the uh, unit to know which coax to connect to which which side of the radio and the antenna. But one thing that might not be intuitive, and it just occurred to me just now that if you weren't really familiar with what's going on with SWR and all that, uh, I run an outboard tuner. Um, I don't use the internal tuner on my rigs because I use a, uh, a balanced feed line onto a 130-foot doublet antenna. So I, 
I've got to do a lot of, of, uh, of uh, tweaking with the inductance and the capacitance to make the, uh, the antenna match the rig. So I have a pretty demanding situation. In fact, I've tried uh, auto tuners and they search around a lot. So I've just reverted back to my MFJ949D, which I've had for a hundred years now. Uh, and one thing that if you're doing it that way and you're running an outboard tuner like that, you gotta know to rig the meter between the transceiver and the tuner itself. And that really wasn't explained. Uh, I don't know how many people are in my situation where I run a run a sequence like that. But um, other than that, I mean, it's it's pretty basic. You just see where the needles cross. Make sure you've got the correct power rating uh, selected on the the front panel selector switches, and uh, you can just read where the the needles cross. It shows you a good uh, indication of the forward power and the reflected power, and it's got the SWR scales, uh, the, the curves, the curved lines that uh, indicate the the SWR ratio itself. So, you know, other than that, I thought that uh, it was pretty simple to operate. I was pleased that they included the the proper sized uh, barrel connector and uh, power cord, so it was easy to install the 13.8 volts, which I've got an abundance of in the shack, to illuminate the meter and then to also enable the the PEP function of the meter itself. All right, good. I like talking to these experienced hams that have their things together. John, November 9, Alpha, Mike, India, and David, Kilo 5, India X-Ray, the cohort, working on the Daiwa CN901HP3. This is a uh, $229.95 at HRO. You may be able to find it a few bucks cheaper looking around wherever you enjoy buying your ham radio gear. But that's the meter we're talking about uh, tonight or today or tomorrow, whenever you're listening. Now, the reason I like having these experienced hams, they've got this gear and the test gear. And when you put something like this on the bench, you're going to get a solid uh, idea of what's really going on. And when I picture John's shack... I picture maybe some bird meters. I don't know what he likes. You got to tell us what you like to put this, uh, what you like to test with, which is uh, money for you. And uh, how did it do when you put it on the bench? Okay, well, I've got kind of the industry RF standard uh, meter. It's called the LP100A. It's a computer reading meter that a lot of commercial outfits use. It's certified uh for doing RF work. So I run one of those meters here, and I'm sure a lot of people out there are probably pretty familiar with it. It's been around for a while, and um, it will give you very fast PEP readings. And that's what a lot of hams look for when they have the PEP check marked on the meters. So in general, I compared it and hooked it right in line, right next to the LP100. Now I know the LP100 is no competition. There's no competition between the two because you're talking um, a computer watt meter to an analog watt meter, digital to analog. So, but I wanted to see what the difference was. So in general, do you, 
do you want me to speak about um, the how how exactly it worked compared to sure, that? Would sure. that give you a good idea? Yeah, what'd okay. you find? Mm-hmm. So it's within ten percent up and down the band, pretty much. I did not have a chance to test two meters on it, but all HF bands, it is within ten percent of the LP one hundred as far as the numbers that I was getting back. Now I will give you the negative on it that I really didn't care for it. And it's kind of a big one for me um, is the PEP reading is very, very slow on this Daiwa. Um, it takes takes a bit to pop it up to where, say, the 100-watt level should be. And when if you're using the PEP hold, which is a switch on the back of the Daiwa, it's very slow compared to even other analog meters that I've owned to release the time to, to go back down to zero. Very slow. So that was a bit of a negative for me. Um, they could have made it the meter a little bit more active since you are powering it for the PEP. I don't know uh, what exactly the circuit is inside of it, but they could have made it a little bit more reactive on the PEP side of things. Um, as if you get what I'm saying there, Christian. I do. Uh, David, what did you think? Were you able to put this against any other meter that that you may have in the shack? Well, the only other meters that I've got is the is the cross needle uh, SWR bridge on the uh, tuner that I've got, and it seemed to correspond pretty well to that. I don't have any bird equipment or anything like that. Me either. But uh, <laughs> but uh, you know. Uh, it seemed to follow along with the power settings on the on the rig itself. I've got a you know little bar graph on the uh, FT one thousand that I've got, and it it was within ten percent of that. Read a little bit low, I thought, uh, on the PEP. Now I don't do I didn't try it a whole lot on the sideband, but when I was injecting uh, CW signals in there, it it responded pretty nicely and it corresponded to what I would have expected um, uh, as far as the relative power goes. Uh, there is, uh, I did look online and you can open it up and they do have some trimming pots on the inside that you can hmm. uh, fine tune the, the meter readings. You know, I haven't dealt, delved into that part of it, but uh, I thought the, at least the SWR side seem to correspond with all the other indications that I've got, but I didn't have a real way to do a, a laboratory quality analysis of the accuracy of the, of the power. But I, I did, uh, I did remark to myself that that PEP hold switch is a little awkward to be on the back of the unit. You know, if you're really trying to go back and forth and see what's going on, you know, I hate reaching behind uh, all the rest of the controls other than the light control is uh, convenient on the front. So that switch on the back was, I thought, a little bit awkward. That makes sense. I want to ask you, John, with the LP, would you find with the digital, is there a ratio of accuracy with that meter as well? Or have you found it to be pretty damn good? Spot on. It's it's yeah. spot on. Uh, it, I purchased it mainly because I do a lot of AMing, and not to get all involved in that, but say you 
set set for 25 watts and you want to see a 100 watt PEP so you know that your modulation is set up correctly. Well, so, like if I were to use the Daiwa, I would be thinking a lot that because it's so slow that even on the PEP, I would I would have to turn turn up the gain on the modulation more, which I would be overmodulated then by the time. So compared to the on the LP100, it gets me there right away. But you're talking a commercial grade piece of gear compared to a amateur radio. I mean, the LP100 is sold for hams, but it's also a heck of a lot more money. I think they're five hundred dollars compared to we're talking about a two hundred plus dollar you know unit that's a lot simpler to operate. So um, I don't want to bash it too much in comparison because I do believe the meter itself is is a decent meter, the Daiwa. Gotcha. Just wanted to see how the digital played against the analog and how that price difference and that ratio there, if that was different or changed. But okay, great. We can move into the uh, the form factor. Now this to me, I'm looking at it in... You know, I'm one of those hams. I've got my gear racked up where I can have it racked up. I like it just so, you know, it just comes from years of broadcasting, I think. I kind of like it clean or whatever it is with me. So things don't always fit in our shacks. It could be a strange fit. You don't have the right place for it. Uh, let's uh, We'll go over it and talk to David here to to ask about the form factor is this something that you enjoy looking at in your shack does it fit in well is it shaped oddly what are your impressions well the first thing i'd say is i just love analog i love seeing needles bouncing around um and this has uh, a display that's probably three times the real estate of what i'm used to seeing so you're coming out of the box wow it's so big Oh, sorry, Sherry, uh, but uh, <laughs> good reference. I like that. Hold yeah. on. Oh, there we go. Gotcha. All right. Thanks, That's the HR so. department. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I really like the I really like the analog displays. Uh, one thing that I thought was a nice touch was the mirrored um, uh, backing on the on the forward needle scale there. You know, you got that mirror that you can look at to make sure you're not seeing any parallax. And I, I don't know that to me, that's just a nice touch uh, to see that. The, the size, I mean, yeah, I've got tons of gear and, you know, it's smaller than most of my stuff. So no big deal there. It does have some nice rubber uh, borders around it to protect it from being knocked around. You can remove those if you just want to sit it on the plain rubber feet. So it's it's sort of built robustly. I wouldn't say it's a military grade, but you know, for for what I'm gonna use it for, it's it's just fine. One one thing that I does bother me just a bit is there is backlighting or uh, internal lighting for the uh, display itself and the color temperature is real cold. It's it's almost blue compared to the rest of my uh, meters that have more of a, a warm yellowish tint to it. So I might go in there when I'm feeling the urge and just replace those LEDs, those blue LEDs on with something a little warmer. I've done that before. It's, it's, it's not hard. And I've got the, you know, the 13 volts right there. So it shouldn't be a big deal. But the color of the, of the light 
just a little bit garish. Okay, that's good to know. John, what did you make of this? Now, you've got a lot of classics in your shack. Now, this is a new piece here. Does it fit in with you? Actually, it, it, it's a nice meter. It looks nice. I enjoy looking at it. Um, ergonomically, it's built well. Uh, and as was mentioned, the rubber grips on the outside w was kind of like a big thumbs up for me because, you know, I'll go and set this on. I have some newer transceivers, uh, ICOM 7600, whatnot, set it on top of it. I'm not worried about tearing it up, scratching things up and stuff. Yeah, it does have the rubber feet, but the, the rubber grips kind of make it handy just to, you know, flip around a little bit and put on different type of transceivers if you're testing or something like that. So um, now I did like the LED lighting, the backlight on it. I, I thought that was a plus for me, but I think it's kind of going to be um, kind of a taste sort of thing. Um, I thought it was, I don't know if it was cool blue. It was more cool white to me anyways, but, uh, you know, the eyes probably aren't the same as others. So, um, what else did I have on my list here? Um, and the, the meter is very easy to read. It's a nice big meter, especially for, uh, us hams that are getting up there a little bit that got to pick up the readers and uh, Walgreens and whatnot, you know, so, so it, it is, I, I like the look of it. Okay. Fair enough. To each their own, right? I, I didn't know you could actually go in there. That's me. I didn't know you could go in there and mess around with the colors. Uh, if it didn't give it to you, go in there and change it yourself. I, that's pretty cool. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about, this is the kind of the pros and the cons of this. And what I hope to do is get a fair shake. I, I told the guys and, you know, through 12 uh, of these reviews that, this is their piece of equipment now. They can they tell their truth uh, for it. So the pros and cons may help if ever it's it's heard by Daiwa or their makers. What might be better? What was good? What didn't work well for them? Uh, it's time for the guys to give their pros and cons. And uh, let's go over to David. Uh, he's K5IX. Your pros and cons, sir. Well, the pros, it's... It seems well built and solid, and like I said, the screen or the display is is large. I find my eyes drawn to it just because uh, I can monitor what's going on with the signal. Uh, so it's big and easy to see. Um, so there's lots to love there. The the uh, switches on the front uh, seem to be uh, they operate smoothly um, and easy to select. Uh, it's very intuitive to use. Uh, you pretty much leave it connected all the time, I suppose. That's how I intend to do it. And just kind of keep an eye on, on what's going on with your with your match. Uh, if I had to come up with some cons, you know, it, it's for me, it's sort of a redundant piece of gear for equipment that I already have anyway. And at the price point, I, I don't know if, if I was looking to spend uh, two and a quarter on a piece of equipment. I don't know that I would choose this. Um, you know, maybe an antenna analyzer, which I don't have. I will say, though, that I did go out to my, uh, my mobile rig and I put up my hamsticks for 20 and 40, and I was able to, you know, use the meter much like, a, like a, uh, an antenna tuner and sweep the band with my radio on very low power 
and just see where the resonance was. And it confirmed what I thought I already knew about those hamsticks and how I've got them set up. Uh, I know I can cover the entire uh, 20 meter band top to bottom and uh, with the 40 meter hamstick, of course it's a little narrower. I can only hit about the CW portion of the band. So I'm probably gonna have to invest in a 40 meter hamstick and tune it for the sideband part when I go mobile on the Texas QSO party in September. So uh, other than the, the price I thought was a little bit steep for me because I already have cross needle uh, indicators on you know, my antenna tuner. And most of the rigs now have uh, SWR indications right on the uh, front panel of the meter itself or of the rig itself. So yeah, just a little bit redundant, but overall it's, it's, it's a nice piece of gear. I'm happy to get picked for it. And I can't wait to get picked when you, when you uh, review the, the 7610 here in a little bit. <laughs> I'd have to send you mine. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, baby. We're going to get to get some sponsors. Uh, let's see. Let's go over to John. Uh, again, pros and cons. This is um, not to tear it down, not to build it up. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, maybe we can help the manufacturers. Maybe we can help someone who's on the fence about buying it. Great um, information from David. That's another question for you. If this was your money, I, I know your preference now is, is to to buy a different type of meter but a new ham coming out, $225, is a, a bit steep for the meter. And um, so you guys, as being seasoned, ha seasoned hams, uh, may help someone make a decision. That's the hope, at least. Some of your pros and cons, John. Okay, well, that being said, would it, would it be a good meter for a new ham? I think so. Um, and that goes into my pros, and I'll... Uh, can, and I'm thinking about all the meters that are out there, and I've had a bunch of them. And I'm just talking analog now compared to a lot of that stuff out there and the price points. I would say, yes, it's it's still a good meter for purchase for the ham that needs the meter. So my pros, I mean, the thing covers 160 to 200, 160 meters all the way up to 200 megahertz. So you've got, you know, two meters and six meters covered there, which is pretty cool. Um the ergonomics of it, the grips, I love the rubber grips. It's like one of my, I don't know, it's not the biggest deal, but I haven't seen this on any meters before with the rubber grips on the ends. It's usually just little feet, so I really like that. And like I said, for the average ham, it's 100% suits and the needs. Will I use the meter? Yes, I will. Um, I have a couple multiple different setups, and that meter will work just fine in a couple of the little setups that I have. Um, I don't necessarily need the fast computer peak reading watt meter all the time. Um, cons. Go back to me being a little more discerning, technical kind of ham. I think those type of guys, including myself, would probably veer away from the meter because of the PEP, the slow PEP reading. And, and honestly, the PEP hold is where it's at. And using it to honestly is pretty worthless. I'll just be blunt about it. You're better off leaving the PEP hold off and operating the meter. Um, but they should, other meters in the analog realm, they do have a variable hold um, button on other meters. So there's probably a modification for it, I bet, or um, maybe something internally that you could change. But um, just the PEP hold is is 
kind of the negative for me. All right. And while we've got you, let's give your overall rating between a 5.5 five and a 5.9. All things considered, where do you put this one? I'm going to put it at a 5.7. I think it's kind of um, right in there with the rest of the analog meters out there. Um, there are worse. Um, this is probably a higher mark because of the price point. A little pricier on some of them, but uh, pretty solid 5.7 on it. David, anything uh, to follow up what we've said here, plus, and we'll get your overall rating. Well, the, the only thing that, I, you know, I was able to test this thing 80 all the way to two meters on all bands, and it worked uh, flawlessly. I didn't set up my 160-meter antenna because that's a little, bit of, a little bit of trouble. Uh, but the one thing that I, I that it lacks that I wish it had was the ability to go all the way up to 440 because um, I do a little bit of work uh, on the satellites, and uh, we do have a UHF repeater here. So, you know, it does lack that. So I'm. that being said, it's – for what it is, it's a, it's a great meter for what I use it. You know, I'm not as technical as John. You know, I don't have uh, quite the need for the precision that he does. So I'm going to say 5.8 uh, because of the build and the quality, as far as I'm concerned, is fine. It just lacks that 440 uh, feature. Of course, if I need that, I've got friends with nice Comet analyzers who can help me out there. But, yeah, 5.8. I like it. I'm keeping it. Good, good. It belongs to both of you guys. The, the main takeaway, though, I think, and you both say, I mean, you're going to keep it, of course, which I thought maybe it would go in, in you know, on the table at the ham fest, which is totally fine, um, is, is that would you buy it with your own money thing? And it seems like David would take a pass. And John, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I kind of got the impression that you probably would not buy that with your own money at that price point. Is that right? I would have to agree with that. I would find something that's a little bit, even in the analog realm, a little bit faster on the PEP scale, and there are other ones. And maybe that's a con. Maybe the price point's too high for this at two twenty nine. I don't know who sets these prices, but there's got to be something in there, you know. Uh, you know, that's something to consider. That's all. I think that's why we're doing this here, and it's a fair shakeout uh, of this, especially if you're a newer ham. You know, two hundred and thirty bucks. It's a uh, you know, that's no joke. And you want to have something that I do. I agree. I don't own one of these, but I do like the the rubber. I don't know what I feel I'm going to do and toss this thing over. Maybe you're reaching behind it. I feel I'm going to knock it off, but it's got the rubber protection. It's something psychological for me, but I don't, I don't own it. So I don't know if that's a big enough selling point, but I'm glad that you guys could uh, spend some time with the meter and uh, give a fair shake of it. So I appreciate that. Thank you so yeah, much. I didn't. I didn't even really know how much meters like this go for. So I kind of looked it up, and it's you know it's on par with with okay. uh, any other meter that you've got. I did it, it notice is. that it uh, is. it's about okay. It's right, right, about right. But uh, I was looking at some of the the uh, antenna tuners. You know, basically you've got the cross needle uh, SWR meter along with the tuner itself. You know, the the manual type about at the same price point. So. You can get an all-in-one thing, and if you don't need that, then a meter like this would be fine. But, you know, I think most of the rigs, the modern rigs nowadays, at least have, you know, some sort of SWR power indications available on the front panel. Now, I do regret selling my Yesu FT-101 uh, back when I was in sort of a, 
uh, a lull in my ham radio career and I sold it for way too cheap. But, you know, if I still had that. This would be a perfect for, for, uh, you know, keeping things looking good. John, uh, do you have yeah. two of those? Cause it sounds like David wants one and you know, I, I've, uh, been infatuated with that radio for a long time. So, uh, just tell us that you have I, a couple and, and we'll be right I, over. I had one. I had one. I don't have it any longer. I wish I would have kept mine too. Cause it was a fun rigged operate. I saw one. I've talked about it on the podcast before. I saw one. I knew the guy who owned it. He had a $200 price tag on it. And I just happened to have $200 in my pocket. And he said, and he, he works on them. He works on actually tubes. He's probably more like you, John, with uh, fixing them. He's a local guy. And uh, he couldn't get in there to do the work on it. And it didn't transmit on 20 meters. And I was like, oh, man, this is the guy I would bring it to to fix it because I don't know what to do. And uh, so I passed on it, and uh, there was a guy, a listener, I think in Australia, told me, you know that that fix is pretty easy. You should have bought that thing. I, you know, I could have showed you. I was like, oh. So I, you know, the price was right, and I thought there's something wrong with it. Is a good price. Oh, it just didn't have 20 meters at the time, but it could have been fixed. But oh, I didn't. And, spin it, and spinning that nice, uh, smooth, oh, vernier tuning dial. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, yep, yep. You guys. Well, thank you so much for this. I hope it helps our community that you can hear from people who are not me or some talking head other, otherwise making content to tell you how to spend your money. It's important that you decide that on your own. But here's a couple of fellows that spend some time with this unit and could give you a fair shake of it. John. Uh, November 9, Alpha Mike India. Thank you so much for coming. I love the shack. We're going to have to have you on the show just to, we'll go piece by piece and real slowly. Don't. There you go. There you go. Thank you so much. Uh, David, uh, Kilo 5 India X-Ray in Texas there. I know it's hot there, so I hope you uh, get some cool air blowing your way. Thank you so much for doing it too. Thanks. It's been fun and sure enjoy your podcast. I listen to it uh, when I'm running um and uh it makes the miles go by lots faster good 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 i'll stop talking and uh so you can stop running uh, how about that or maybe i should talk longer keep you keep you out there going but appreciate you both uh 73 take care of yourselves all right bye 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 Sherry. thank you and uh 73 to all our listeners i appreciate you uh take care of yourselves look out for each other where you can and by all means if you can please try and stay above the noise 73 all to join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.